Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. And there were just two eyes staring back <gasps> at you from behind me. No. In the- Yes. You need to stop providing us with crunchy, delicious Mm. snacks. I'm sorry. You provided us with homemade (laughs) pita chips, super crunchy, carrots, Uh super crunchy. Uh You know, I'm just trying to keep you happy. I'm very happy, but I don't know if the listeners are going to love listening to crunch, crunch, crunch. Well, we will not crunch on the microphone. (laughs) I'm sorry. Is that how you say crunch? Crunch. No! (laughs) You don't say it like that! I know that it's crunch. Okay. But like whenever we're talking about like crunching, Lindy and I are like crunch, crunch, crunch. As long as you know that you say it. like, after the barista, I wasn't sure. But now, I'm really not sure. Because when I say barista, barista. Barista. That was a crunchy barista. That's the word that you can't say. Ebble. I say. And then how do you say S W O R D? Sword. Sword. No. No. (laughs) I don't know now. Sword. I'll never forget that we were on like a field trip. We were on a bus. We were going maybe whitewater rafting or something. Okay. And you didn't know what Lego my ego meant. Yeah, I don't. I didn't know that it meant like let go of my ego. Yeah. You didn't know what Lego. I didn't know it was like, let go of my ego. What did you think it was? Honestly, I don't know. I didn't really give that much thought into it. But yeah, Lego my ego didn't, didn't, wasn't like, get your paws off my silky paws. <laughs> I remember um, one thing that I didn't understand is that I remember watching the K commercials, like the jewelry, K jewelry. Yeah. And then it said, every kiss begins with K. And then I was like, because kiss and K both start with a K. Like, that didn't did you, occur to me. Did you think people would, before they their lips touched, they'd be like, No, I thought K. that they were just saying every kiss begins with K because kiss starts with K. Mm, right. But K jewelers. K jewelers. Yeah. Yeah, that one went over my head yeah. for a while. <laughs> Weird. Um, how Anyways. was your week? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. This week was weird. Like, what happened? Yeah, I don't know. I worked. I cleaned. I didn't do anything exciting, really. Mm, how's your running going? I didn't run this week. Oh. I know. I felt like I needed to change my di- like my diet. Not yeah. my diet. Not a diet. Your my lifestyle. lifestyle. My eating habits. Yes. Because uh, I wasn't really losing any weight with yeah. running. So I was like, maybe I need to kind of back it up yeah back just the back track. it up back it up and do a little bit of more like intuitive eating yeah 
not any sort of, I'm not following any sort of plan, but I'm kind of trying to cook for myself, which I never do. Eat the food that I have at home. Yeah. And make just better choices. Listen, if I left eating to my intuition, I would be 1,800 pounds. (laughs) because i always like do i feel happy i should eat do Mm -hmm. i feel sad i should eat am Mm -hmm. i anxious i should probably eat Mm -hmm. and i'm not talking am i tired i should eat yeah literally i'm not talking kale salad i'm saying like man that was a hard day french fries yeah yeah. oh yay i got the job french fries (laughs) oh something died french fries Oh, no, I'm really stressed about work. French fries. Okay, I think that's a new merch idea. We'll just have, like... Oh, no, someone died. French French fries. fries. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I love that so much. Like, I don't... Because I don't allow myself to feel the feelings in... Apparently, unless there's French fries in my mouth. We don't feel feelings. Um, (sighs) Yes, I agree. But I also um, didn't eat out at all this week. Like, I didn't order in... And I didn't pick up any food. Yeah. So that's huge for me too. Yeah. Because if I'm working on my lunch break, I'll go grab something. Easy. Yeah. At nine o'clock at night after I realize I haven't eaten dinner, I'm like, I should probably just order something. Yeah. So I didn't do that at all this week. Well, that's great. And I'm going to try to keep that going. That's good. Yeah. It's, that's a big deal. I'm very like, I'm very black or white. I do, cannot prescribe to this balance everything in moderation. Right. It just like it doesn't work for me mm-hmm. because there's no such thing as moderation. If I eat a square of chocolate, I'm gonna go and eat 18 pounds of chocolate. Right. But if I eat no chocolate, I don't think about it. Oh, see, that's. I mean, I guess that's good and bad, right? Like for me, it's horrible. If I, <laughs> it's horrible and horrible. <laughs> <laughs> if I eat well during the day, then I can have like three pieces of chocolate before I go to bed and be like, okay. That was cool. Yeah, that's not for me. That's not the way this yeah. brain. And I'm, yeah, like if I do, I feel my best. I perform my best. I have the best luck when I eat like no processed sugar. Yeah. And I feel like you are um, strict with that. Like, I, like, like it's because I have to be. Yeah. Like literally if somebody's like, oh, do you want like a girl guides cookie? I cannot have one cookie. Really? You just said girl guides. <laughs> Girl Guides Cookie. Girl Guides Cookie. <laughs> what, what did I say? Girl Guide Cookie. What did I say? It's not like you're taking it. It's not like. <laughs> it's not like the Girl Guides Cookie. It's just a Girl Guide Cookie. <laughs> you don't know. Maybe I seek out young girls who are part of Girl Guides specifically to take a cookie from them. Okay, a girl guide cookie. There we go. Those goddamn mint chocolate ones. Yeah. Yeah. I can't be like, thank you for that cookie. My brain will completely obsess over where I can access more of those (laughs) until I Oh my god, you're just like like jonesing for more girls. You go to like a bunch of storefronts to see if they're hanging out up front to get more cookies. I've looked it up, but I haven't gone. Okay, so I'm going to put this in our Facebook group. Not that anybody interacts with us there. Okay, I will. I will. I'll comment on it. I promise. But there is something called like Binge Eaters Anonymous. Uh I think that's me because I just want to eat 
an excess amount of food. Like I can't, I'm not satisfied with just yeah. like a cookie. I need to go to the girl guides cookie factory <laughs> and steal all the girl guides cookies. <laughs> anyway, okay. If we have any girl guides listening, they're gonna um, message us for your yeah. address, and then they're all gonna show they're gonna up gonna there. Show up at my door. <laughs> Jokes on them. I have no money. I'm just gonna <laughs> punch them in the face and take their cookie. Like some addict. <laughs> I was thinking when you said binge eaters anonymous, I was like, what does that stand for? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have quite the same ring as that. Every time they're like, hey everyone, welcome to girl or welcome to <laughs> We're Eaters Anonymous. They're like, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. This is we the worst. Gone, we've gone off the rails big oh. time. Oh god. <laughs> and guess what I'm gonna have to go seek out later? Girl guides and their cookies. <laughs> I'm gonna put Julia on girl guides, and I'll be like, "Don't worry, I'll take her to the, I'll take her to the meeting." <laughs> You'd have to fight her for the cookies. <laughs> it's true. When she was in school, she came home, and she was like, "Mom, I really want to um, join brownies because they get brownies." And I was like, <laughs> That's not. Like you don't just go to a meeting and eat brownies. Oh you are God. the brownie. <laughs> this is terrible. Oh, oh we're Apologies. gonna have to have a, we. I have a note to have a disclaimer for this upcoming episode, but I feel like we need a disclaimer just for the intro because we're idiots. Okay. Whew. Okay. So, what? Are, what are we? What? What? So we talked about your week. What uh, interview is this? <laughs> oh, Xander yeah. and Stone, yes. our new BFF. Yes. Um, okay. But, so this is our Halloween episode. Ooh. Ooh. We should have had spooky music playing this whole time. Anyways, moving on. Yeah. Halloween is on a Saturday this year. And mm-hmm. so we're having a Halloween episode today, which is October 27th. Uh-huh. And then, what is that? November 2nd? <clears throat> what? Something. The week after. What? what? In November, we're going to have another spooky-ish The first story. Tuesday of November, we'll have a spooky story. That's right. Um, and I think on our Patreon, we're going to have one of your stories, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so in spirit, yeah. in spirit of Halloween, I'm like, I don't, I'm not a big holiday person. No. Like, I don't care about Thanksgiving. Yeah. Halloween, Christmas. Thanksgiving I, is a genocide. No. <laughs> Yes. For many reasons, that is one of the reasons I don't like Thanksgiving. <laughs> as we should call it, like, Indigenous People's Day. Yes. I just like, I don't know, the whole fuss. Like, Lindy's very into St. Patty's Day. Oh, and like, no. It's just a big to-do. Yeah, I'm not a big holiday person. I don't, like, decorate for Halloween or for Thanksgiving or yeah. for, you know, I might have, like, a knick-knack here or well, there. Gonna, but I don't have, like, a full... carve pumpkins after this. Yeah, like, we'll do pumpkins. But I don't have, like, a full... Like bin of like yes. Hall- Christmas, yes, but that's because it's up longer. Yeah, because for Halloween, it's like how long before? I think October first. And is then do you take it down like November first? November first, yeah. Over before Remembrance. Day. I know people who take down their Halloween stuff and then put up Christmas stuff on November first. Yeah, I and I'm not. I'm not <clears throat> subscribed to that. Mentality. Do your thing, but yeah. I am not. I get overwhelmed with like clutter. Yeah, and I. If I put my stuff up November 1st, I would want to take it down by December 1st. I would be like, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Can't do it. I've, if I had an obscene amount of money, 
Uh-huh. I would pay a company to come and switch out things in my house yes. for the season yep. and then promptly come yep. and switch it back. Yeah. But I don't want to do it. No. Ironically, like, <clears throat> I work in events and I'm <coughs> planning and managing a giant Halloween event. Yeah. Like your entire job like revolves around events. holidays. <laughs> holidays. Yeah. But that's fine. I'm happy for other people. I'll yeah. help facilitate it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we were watching, we started watching last night on Netflix, The Haunting of Bly Manor. Uh, do you know that the kid that is in that is the voice of Peppa Pig? The girl? Yeah. That's so funny. Oh, <laughs> Peppa. That's really interesting. I can't, um, I can't watch that show. It's, I normally get more scared, but I think because we watched it during the day and I sort of put myself in this mindset of like laughing about. Yeah. Like these like dark figures that are in the background and stuff. Like we've made a game of it, but it's very spooky. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that maybe we are like immune to scary things happening to us now in our lives because of like everything we've been through plus 2020 on top of it? We're all like nothing scares us anymore. Yeah. I float between either my anxiety makes me scared of everything mm-hmm. and like, I bring my phone everywhere because, yeah. God forbid, there is an active shooter, yeah. a tornado, yeah. a ghost. I don't know what I would do if a there was a ghost. Throw your phone at if it. If I start choking and I'm in the bathroom, I yeah. need to call for help. So I float. <laughs> so I what float would you between- choke on in the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you bring up a very good point. I don't know. <laughs> do you not Are you, eat- like, binge eating on the toilet? <laughs> Oh my god! I'm gonna pee my pants. I can't. I just want to throw the bucket of KFC, and then you start choking. And then how do you explain that to somebody that's gonna? No. I would just want. I would, I would just perish. be like, that's it. I'd be like, this is it. This is how I go. Okay, nobody fair can see me like this. I don't suspect I'll choke in a bathroom. <laughs> everyone has turned this off by now oh, everyone's Lord. done we haven't even gotten to the episode yet okay but being scared so i float <sighs> between being scared of everything with my anxiety and being very like numb to it all because yeah, yeah. i'm over it yeah um, that's a healthy way to live yeah. yeah but this week we talked to um what i hope to call our new bff xander and stone oh my god i love them so much they're you guys have to check out their podcast so they talk about paranormal like aliens unexplained yeah the unexplained and they sort of take the stance of they talk about sort of like um stories that that support the paranormal claim and then they also sort of talk about the science that maybe would explain it away Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um we had them on our podcast obviously um, <laughs> to talk about yeah we i we just kind of talked about everything we talked about our own experiences yeah um and we talked about their own experiences and it kind of just turned into like i literally think we talked for almost two hours before. yeah it was like and it was what time was it our time 9 it was p.m our 9 time PM our time so it's between three countries yeah. xander's in china yeah stone is in arizona and we are in canada yeah and so it just worked out that it was nine o'clock. Our time was the best. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, I was very tired the next day. I know, but it was so fun. I would, I would have talked to them forever. Yeah. So now we have to go to China. I'm all, yes. And Arizona. Yeah. 
We're adding. I mean, we need a map where we need to put pins on the map for all yeah. the places that we need to go. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Um, That's the beauty of, like, technology, right? Like, we can talk to, like, three different countries <laughs> Yeah. at the same time. Why are you laughing at me? Just because it was like, <laughs> that is the beauty of countries and technology. <laughs> the beauty of countries. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was so good. Like, yeah. honestly, can we just, like, I just want to go for drinks with them. I know, me too. And they're theater me kids. Too. Yeah. So I just think we were all kindred. Some sort of paranormal thing brought us together. Mm-hmm. But then some sort of paranormal stuff happened while we were recording. Yes. So, di- yes, thank you. So disclaimer. So we learned about something called sliders. Not the tiny hamburgers <laughs> that I would probably eat a dozen of. Binging on the toilet. <laughs> no, but sliders is like this paranormal theory that um, it's people who like can't wear watches because the batteries always die or, like you know, burn lights out. burn out or, yeah, things where technology is just um, interfered with just from your presence. Mm-hmm. And so Stone is is a slider, has a slider. Makes sliders? Makes <laughs> stone sliders i don't something. know something anyways I, she something about her messes with technology yeah and so we were recording everything was great and then you know like 33 minutes in or something hers just disappeared it yeah. cut out it was no longer there and it was right in the middle of one of xander's stories and so we all of a sudden were like oh oh where did stone go so and then out of nowhere it picked up again but it missed part of xander's story yeah yeah, you're gonna hear it it's like xander's telling a story we're all into it and then there's a little break and then we hear stone talking about a story and then we get back to xander's story but it's a little (laughs) bit awkward in the editing but i just thought it was better to sort of explain it here and then you'll understand what happened yeah you know that's kind of spooky because we also have another interview that we're doing later today yes with Jen. Yes. And we recorded her entire episode. Everything was on track. Uh-huh. It was working. And uh-huh. then her audio file just, it became corrupt. It just didn't And save. we were talking about. And we were talking about paranormal. Yeah. And her experience with paranormal. And she was like, yeah, it's probably just me. This sort of thing happens all the time. Crazy. Yeah. I didn't realize you were as much of a believer as you are. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no, I totally am. I have always, I always have been. Like, I thought you were more, like, on the fence or, like... No, I believe, like, there's spirits and ghosts and things yeah. like that, for sure. Spooky. Um, I I just want to tell you now that I've been dead the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Are you even here? I don't know. Jesus. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> oh. All right, you gave us 17 minutes and now we're at 19 minutes. So we got to wrap this Dang. up. Dang. Okay. You guys, enjoy the episode and what else did we want to talk about? We can't talk about anything else. We have bored these people to death and yeah. before the episode even started. Okay. So go check them out yes. and we'll mention more things after the episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Hello, Xander and Stone. Hi. Hey there. <laughs> Don't be afraid. <laughs> I know now I'm like looking for the hands to go up with this Zencaster uh, trick I just learned. <laughs> um, hello. I, I don't know if I should say good evening or good morning. Yeah. Stone, you're in Arizona. And Xander, you're in China. I am, yes. So it's already tomorrow. 
It's all speaking to you from the future. It is Monday morning, 11.15 a.m. So I'm talking to you from the future. I can give you last night's lottery numbers if that's what you want by the end of the show. Yeah, we can 50, 50 and all retire. I will be working in China. <laughs> that's the other yeah. <laughs> So that means that when the uh, election results come in, uh, you'll be able to see if the world is going to implode before the rest of us. <laughs> I, I am basically like the oracle to the Western world. This is what I spend my days doing, just telling them about what is going to happen, what, what happened yesterday for us. Um, oh, so you can, but you can also call me the oracle. Either way is fine. <laughs> I love that. And um, have you guys ever met in person? Yes, we have. Many times. <laughs> Maybe we start with like, how did you guys meet and how, and who are you? Who are yeah, you Yeah, and a little bit about, yeah, a little bit about your podcast. Yeah, sure. I'm going to let Stone tell us how we meet because she's a much better, um, much better storyteller than I am. Um, and she makes the story sound so, so cute. Um, so I'm going <laughs> to go and tell you that story. Because she's a grown up with an eight year old living inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it helps. So I was interviewing uh, with several different agents for a teaching position in China. And I actually, true story, was going to blow off uh, Sanders <laughs> meeting because I'd already had, I think, five the same day. And then at the last second, I was like, oh, well, that's super rude. So we got on it. And as soon as we did, we started talking about our background, which was strikingly similar from having young parents to having a background in theater. And we just ended up laughing for 45 minutes. And uh, so a couple of weeks later, I had texted him and said, I, I don't know what we'll be doing, but I think we'll be working together in, in, in it, not the China teaching way, but sort of in a creative manner. And here we are. Wow. And That's so awesome. how did you end up meeting in person? Well, for that one, I mean, obviously, uh, once Stone had come to China, it, it just so happened by chance, and it might have been by my design. Um, but obviously, Stone had the input as well, is that I recruited uh, Stone to, a, to an international school that's in the same city in China that I am, which let me tell you is no easy task. China is a massive country. There are cities all over the place, <laughs> wonderful teaching positions everywhere. So it took all of my negotiation skills to convince Stone that this is the job that she wants and she should come to China <laughs> with me. Um, and But, you know, luckily, we managed to find a really great school for, for, for Stone to, to teach drama. Um, and so she came over to China. It was in Stone, was it in November, October? It was basically a year ago, wasn't it? Se September. September. So Stone came over and it wasn't too long before we had organized to go and meet up to have dinners and to hang out and to talk. Um, and, and that's basically how we met in person is uh, at a, a very nice Italian restaurant over far too many glasses of wine. Those are the best meetings. And Xander has the best singing. I mean, he already, of course, we know he has a great voice, but he is an amazing singer. I don't oh, think enough people know that. So I also listen to him sing on stage at several places. Oh, very wow. impressive. Yes. I think that was more of like a hostage situation. I don't think you were going to get away that night without him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, boo, so you couldn't resist. <laughs> and, and, and so if I hear a beautiful song that I haven't heard in a long time on TV, then I, I text it over to Xander and say, do you have one doing this? And then he has um, granted me a couple that he records. So it's like having your own jukebox. It's, it's oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> on demand. <laughs> Um, okay, Xander, let's go. Sing yeah, something. <laughs> come on, come on. What'll I do when you are far away? How's that? Aww. Aww. That's amazing. Beautiful. <laughs> we were uh, 
Carling and I met in high school and we were in My Fair Lady together and that gave me a little My Fair Lady vibes. My Fair Lady is probably one of my favorite musical, like musical renditions of a film um, with Audrey Hepburn. It's Audrey Hepburn. Yes, it's Audrey Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. Um, It's fabulous. It's uh, My Fair Lady or the other name for it is Pygmalion, right? Am I mistaken? Uh, Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, funny. That's Carling and I met in high school, and that was the first thing that we were drama nerds for sure. And that's what we, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Look at us. Look at this. We have four drama nerds on the same Yay. episode. I know. We sensed it. We just like, we were drawn to each other. <laughs> that's awesome. So, how did the podcast come out? Well, that was also something that was a long time in the making. So we had toyed with the idea I, uh, previously to uh, prior to meeting Stone. I'd already kind of toyed with the idea of of doing a podcast, um, but I, and I think maybe you can vouch for this as well. It is a very daunting and scary task to think about setting up a podcast by yourself. Um, it's, yeah. it's, nice to have, it's nice to have a co-host to bounce off, to bounce ideas off, but also to bounce off in recording and to be able to like you know you know share the share the load and share the ideas. Um, so I had initially decided that I wanted to start doing a podcast. And in fact, one of the episodes that we've got in our podcast now had been recorded for um, the episode with the, the interview with um, the psychic medium, Michael Gorley. That episode was actually designed or, or recorded for my solo podcast. Um, but then, and that was around, goodness, that must have been around January or February of this year that I recorded those. In fact, no, sorry, it was December 2019, just before the new year. And then, of course, the Rona happened. Good old COVID reared its head. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 and and everything kind of ground to a halt. And you know, it's it was quite a scary thing because obviously I'm in China, um, and it broke out in China. So that was uh, we went mm. on to an immediate lockdown, and it's it's quite a scary thing when a country of how many billions of people goes on complete lockdown and the the, the cities all turn into ghost towns. It was absolutely weird. Um, wow. but over the course of over the course of that kind of lockdown quarantine period with Stone and I both being in China and then Stone later being in the Philippines, um, we had a lot of time to talk and a lot of time to, you know, brainstorm ideas. And the Xander and Stone show was, uh, the Xander and Stone podcast was essentially born from that. Um, and it, it came about because we have a shared interest in the paranormal. Um, Stone has had lots of interesting paranormal experiences. <laughs> You'll hear from any of the episodes that we do that I am yearning <laughs> for a legitimate paranormal experience. <laughs> To the point of probably being too needy, um, and that's why they're not coming because they're like, leave that guy alone. a little too needy. Um, Stone finds a way to point it out on every single episode, and she is wrong. She is not wrong. Um, Definitely hard to get a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> just a little taster. That's all I'm asking for. A little paranormal, a little wet my whistle. Um, but that, that's essentially where the idea of the podcast came along, and it, it just so happened, you know that. It would have been great if Stone and I had started recording when we were both in at least the same location on the planet. Um, yeah. But it just so happened that we decided, okay, we're going to we're going to jump in and we're going to start doing this um, regardless of distance and time zones and all that sort of thing. And and that's basically how it was born. None of that is true, actually. All lies. <laughs> all lies. <laughs> all right, so tell It was two a.m. I remember it like it was yesterday. And Sandra <laughs> called me weeping, crying his eyes out, and he said, I can't do this without you. You're the only one I can co host with. And he begged and pleaded. And so finally I caved. That's the real story. I told you. 
tell anybody about that sausage? <laughs> We're going to talk about the sausage of the episode. We're talking about the sausage of the episode. We're having this a production is- meeting. <laughs> <laughs> These are the only two people I'll tell you. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we're not posting this podcast anywhere, so you're good. <laughs> we're we're no, good. We're, we're just old friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny because that's kind of how our podcast came to light too we had planned it and thought about it for a long time and then as soon as uh coronavirus hit and carling unfortunately was laid off and um i was at home on like a stress leave and we just kind of were like okay well now's as good a time as any to to start it and we had to do it remotely as well i think i started in my closet and yeah. carling was under like a bunch of blankets at her house and (laughs) kind of the way it worked yeah it was yeah we were like well I suppose if we have nothing else to do because we're in lockdown we might as well actually start this podcast yeah yeah right Uh, what a better way to spend the time yeah yeah and it has been really fun so Mm -hmm. now we're trying to balance um so I got a new job um now that the lockdown is sort of eased up and so now I'm juggling like actually having a real job and doing the podcast and Michelle has five kids and works and like, it's crazy, but we're doing it. Yeah, you see, I'm, I'm never going to moan that, I, that, that I've got too much on my plate ever again. Like something like five kids and a full-time job or balancing a full-time job and not being able to work from home and do podcasts. I have no reason to bitch and moan. <laughs> I mean, that's really honestly all we want is for people to understand that our my life is harder than everyone else's. <laughs> That was a working title for a long time. <laughs> I love the fact that you mentioned that, like you, you sit under like a pile of clothes when you're recording as well, um, or that you're, you're in your closet. Because I'm sitting amongst all of my sofa cushions, all propped up around the table, <laughs> feeling very, very low budget. Um, but I was just speaking to Stone this morning, and I think I'm going to go and buy a, a closet from IKEA and kind of set that up as a bit of a, like you know just a cheapo closet from IKEA. But isn't it yeah. ironic? Isn't it ironic that after all these years, I'm heading back into the closet? (laughs) Oh my gosh, we had to record in my closet once and and Carling was in there and she's like, this is weird. (laughs) I know, I was like, I came out of the closet a long time ago. I feel very like confined in this space. Um, Well, we're super excited. So we found your podcast on um, Instagram and started listening to it. And I... I don't love to be scared, but I love to be scared. Like I'm like so scared about like ghosts and paranormal and I've had my own experiences. Um, and so we, in ta- we were thinking about Halloween and we wanted to sort of, you know, bring like a spookier element or a paranormal element. And so I was like, we need to get these guys on our podcast because uh-huh. you guys have all the good stories. <laughs> Not, well, not, I should say Stone, not Xander. Now I'm intrigued to hear your story. I want to know what one of your experiences are. Okay, I'll give just like a brief one. So um, one of my cousins was born really premature. And um, her grandpa, so it was like my aunt from like through marriage. Um, her dad had passed away a couple of months before And I was in high school, but I flew out to help her, um, like look after the baby and she had other kids and all this stuff. And so she's a florist. So we were working on some arrangements and stuff. And, and the baby, the baby was in like a bassinet and she was so little, like she was so premature, like there's no way she could have moved it on her own. And my aunt got up and went down to the basement and the baby started to cry a little bit. And so I went to get up and the 
little bassinet was like rocking and like there's a difference between oh there's a breeze and somebody rocking it (laughs) and the baby stopped crying and so I just sat there and stared at it and when my aunt came up I told her she's like oh yeah that's my dad and I was like what (laughs) (laughs) and she's like yeah he's been around like since before she was born like since he died he's been coming around and like she's like she has ghosts and and all this stuff and I was like what <laughs> and so I did not sleep well that night knowing that her dead father was just in the house overlooking things <laughs> crazy but that's you know it, it it brings to mind also like one of the things that we spoke about in one of our, our episode about hauntings is that there's a very big difference between being visited by the spirit of a loved one and and a haunting, which is like an undesirable entity. And if you look at okay. like the, if you, if you kind of strip away all the emotions and the association to the spirit and the person that's visiting you, it's still a haunting technically, but how we respond to that is completely different. So if you know it's like the, the spirit or the ghost, for lack of a better phrase, of uh, like a person who you knew in life, who was like, you know, you have an emotional tie to them, like a grandfather or a father or a relative or whatever, um, that is no longer considered a haunting. It's only when the right. the being is. It's only when the being is like somebody you don't know or somebody you haven't invited. Um, right. But, you know, when you strip it away, it is technically still a haunting. Still being haunted by grandpa. Yeah, it, it was still. Spooky. You're like grandpa, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I will say without going into like the whole long story, but I went to Edinburgh, Scotland during the annual ghost festival that I didn't know existed. And my friend was like, oh, we got to go on a ghost tour. And I was like, great. And um, it was spooky. Like, it did not disappoint. There were some, like, we got to the doors that went um, underground. And I guess during, I don't know, the plague, I'm getting my history wrong here. Where they <laughs> literally, like, send people to go die underground. I, like, we got to the doors and I, I was sick to my stomach. Like, I physically couldn't go down there. Um, and so I went to a pub and waited and he said the per- one person had dogs with her and like the dogs were freaking out and like, well, it was, it was too much. I was scared. <laughs> I've, I've got to ask you this though. So you say you went, you, you went to the, these haunted locations and you, you had like a visceral feeling. Um, have you ever, or do you consider yourself to be an empath? Like, is that, are you, do you often find that you, you get sensations or you know when something is like when there's a weird energy around? Yeah, I think so. I, like I haven't done a lot of like reflecting on that, but I've been told that. Yes. Yeah, I've I've felt that about Carling, like that she has kind of uh she can be in tune to things like that for sure. Is it because you wake up and I'm just staring yeah. at you? <laughs> <laughs> I just let myself into your house and I'm like, I felt you needed me. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> So it's, uh, Stone knows quite a bit about empaths and has done quite a little research into it. And we've often had this type of a conversation. So, I mean, in your opinion, Stone, what do you think? Do you think that she's an empath? I do. <laughs> that's, my, that's my professional opinion. I felt, I felt very validated just there, the way you said it. Thank you. I do. In some cultures, in some cultures we're now all married in a polygamous relationship. With oh my gosh. Perfect. Yeah, I, I, I actually uh, interviewed earlier today uh, an empath and intuitive counselor, and he had so much to say on that. And Basically, uh, and I think, too, in your interview that you did as well, Xander, you talked about how we all have those sort of tendencies as a matter of whether or not you're listening or receiving mm-hmm. that information if you're actually open to it. So I think we all have those. We are, it, it just It's just varying degrees of how much we open ourselves up to it. 
Yeah, and yeah. look, I mean, yeah. I often say in the episodes as well that I'm begging for a paranormal experience. Um, you know, like paranormal experiences, or for a cult to come and knock on my door and invite me to join them, <laughs> or for the aliens to come and abduct me. I'm open to probing if anyone's out there. Probing never does any harm. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's something again that, that we that Stone and I spoke about last week is that. It might just be that I justify or explain away um, a lot of the experiences that I have had. Uh, so, I, I, you know, when I was very young, about eight or nine years old, I do remember waking up and having a lot of white light energy beings in my room. Um, but, you know, as I got older, I kind of explained it away as being bit, like just between a weird sleep and awake kind of a phase, like, you know, where a dream carries over into reality. and Or it might have just been a very, very vivid, lucid dream that I'd had when I was a kid. Um, yeah. It may or may not have been a paranormal experience there. Um, I've had, you know, I've had countless, countless experiences actually with multiple, multiple. I, I'm one of those people that weirdos seem to get attracted to. And I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> Um, and that, what does that say about us? I was going to say that explains <laughs> a lot. <laughs> but, um, For me you know, well. I often have strangers, strangers who will approach me. Um, I've had an experience in South Africa with a man who was dressed for, you know, the best way I can describe it is he was dressed in like a Middle Eastern kind of um, guru kind of you know outfit. Oh. He was wearing like a long white robe and he had the turban wrapped around his head, which in South Africa is not a terribly common sight. Um, and I was just leaving university that day and getting into my car and it was absolutely pouring, pouring with rain. And this man in all of his white clothes, and you can imagine like a guy walking around in a white robe in the rain, um, you know, it's starting to look like a contest. Um, but he, he he just walked up to me and said, can I sit in your car and get out of the rain? I mean, he even had a Middle Eastern accent. And, you know, me being the wise person that I am, I was like, sure, buddy, come on, let's go sit in my car. <laughs> um, so we did. Um, <laughs> and I, I can't resist a man in a wet robe. But he came and sat in my car and he, he basically just said to me, um, I've got a message that I need to give you. And I was like, well, okay, okay. And he said, yeah. you, you've, got, you've got a great wound that will help others to heal. And I was like, okay. And I, I didn't really know what it meant at the time. And then he got up and he just went back into the rain and kind of walked off into the distance. Um, so, there was a, yeah, very, very weird. Um, so this guru just kind of came and sat in my car for a moment and visited with me and off he went. And then years later, um, I went to a psychic reading. And I've always approached like psychic readings, you know, you approach them with a lot of skepticism, you go in there, refusing to reveal anything about yourself, that's kind of like a test to see what they can, what they can, you know, um, yeah. read. And this lady was absolutely so spot on. It was, it was absolutely bizarre. Um, this was a long time before I'd even considered coming to China. And there were a few things that she said that at the time I went like, yeah, right, this lady doesn't know a damn thing. One of the things she said that I would have a blonde-haired, blue-eyed daughter. And I was like, um, you know, that's probably not going to happen in my lifetime. <laughs> um, but it just so happens that in China, I have the most beautiful blonde or white-haired Siamese cat with blue eyes. And she is, for all intents and purposes, my daughter. So check the <laughs> Um, it was a long time before I'd considered coming to China. And one of the things she said is that she's getting an image of bamboo, but she doesn't know why. Hashtag China. Um, yeah. And there, there were just a few other things. I'm still waiting for the, she, I remember she also said something about the color avocado green or like avocado. Um, and she said, just keep an eye out in life with this avocado green. So I'm, I'm still trying to figure, what that, figure out what that meant. Um, so but she, yeah, she, she also said to me, she also said something to me about being like, you have a healing energy or you are a healer. 
Um, you know, again, and it's maybe something that I should explore a little bit more. Uh, again, a few years later, I went for a tarot reading again in South Africa. And that same phrase about being a healer and having a wound so that others can heal that came up again, like in different phrasing, but again, and then with my interview with the psychic medium with Michael Gorley on our, for our Xander and Stone show, um, he said to me that um, you, I have uh, like mediumship, which again, I can tell you stories about that. He says, I've got the talent of mediumship, but it's something I need to explore more. And also that I've got clear audience. And if I learn how to channel it properly, I'll be able to like kind of <laughs> hear voices, um, which, you know, you oh, might wow. not know. Um, so there, there have been like these elements of paranormal and occult experiences in my life, but I think there's just the, maybe the skeptic side of my brain is just a, is a little bit more dominant and I'm always looking for just that little bit more. Maybe I want too much. I'm looking for a little bit more hard evidence, a little bit more, you know, I'm not ever satisfied with the evidence that I'm getting. Hashtag story of my life. <laughs> you know, you know, what's interesting about that is that the intuitive counselor that I interviewed today, Shiro, I threw out the question. I said that you're dying for a supernatural paranormal experience. To sum up, he said that uh, it's not seeing is believing, it's believing is seeing. And so, you know, as long as you're going to be skeptical, you're not going yeah. to recognize those things. And so, yeah, I, I think you've already self-diagnosed, but he yeah. validated it. <laughs> That makes so much sense that there's so many unexplained things that happen in our lives that we can just so easily kind of brush off and explain away that, you know, but it could be, you know, a message or something that is trying to get through that we're just brushing off, right? Exactly. I know that it was kind of interesting. I've, you know, looked for signs of after losing my husband and everything and kind of wondering if if that will ever happen. But I do remember um, after my kids' first day of school, I dropped them off and I have a cell phone holder in my car and it goes by a sensor. So if you put the phone up to it, it opens up. Um, and as I'm driving away from the school, it kept opening and closing on its own. And oh. there was no phone near it, like nothing that would kind of have it go off. So that to me was kind of like, okay, well, he came to, he came to school with us and Aww. It was just yeah. kind of strange, like just a strange feeling, but you can also just kind of brush that off being like, oh, I'm, you know, that was nothing, right? Like it's it's also interesting because it it like it'll be, you know, the, the I think those signs and those signals and those that communication um will be something very specific to to that something that would grab your attention and you would kind of know that that this is the way that this person would communicate me. This is the thing that would grab my attention. This is like, it's almost like they understand the way that you think and what would grab your attention. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, something like that where, like, you know, your, your cell phone, the, the connection's turning on and off, on and off, on and off, and you know to think, okay, well, my phone's not really connected. It's almost mm -hmm. like a message designed specifically and only for you to interpret. Nobody else would kind of get that. Yeah. No, that make, that totally makes sense. That makes me feel even more like it, <laughs> it uh, was him, you know? Every now and then, what did you have like the cross in your room fall oh, over? Yeah. So after he passed, there was a crucifix on his on his coffin. Yeah. Am I saying the right yep. thing? Coffin. <laughs> it just sounds so like ghoulish. But anyways, um, but they gave it to me. Like the funeral director gave it to me. We had a like Catholic funeral and everything, and uh, I just put it above my bed. And one time it just fell, and I was like. Yeah. What are you, like, what are you doing? Damn it, Anthony. <laughs> I was like, oh, here. Don't scare me. <laughs> then I communicate with me. Do it in a nice way so I'm not freaked out. I yeah. love when you guys were talking about past lives and how, like, kids 
are most likely to sort of have these vivid memories and be able to talk about them before they're influenced out of those memories or I don't know Mm. if that's the right word. Jude, Michelle's Michelle has twins and they're the youngest one. I was like getting them food one day and Jude was like staring into the backyard and he was like, there's daddy, there's daddy. And like the way that the backyard was, there was no way to see people. You couldn't see into the next yard. You couldn't see over the fence to the street. Like it was just surrounded by trees. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, hi, hi. And he was like waving. And I was like, cool, cool cool like I was like oh god I don't know and like the bigger kids were sort of like confused like they were like what do you mean what do you mean but just like so interesting yeah I mean like what more evidence do you need and it's it's one of those things I think a lot of um people who research into the paranormal or research into like intuitive gifts and things like that is that um as you said that you know that the kids are more open to these sorts of intuitive experiences and these paranormal or psychic experiences because of Basically, because of how, you know, as we get older, we're forced to have a more kind of logical mindset or a a mindset that deals a lot more with the here and the now tangible evidence of things, you know, Mm -hmm. what more evidence do you need if a little kid is shouting, there's daddy, there's daddy, and, you know, kids are obviously going to recognize daddy like that is, I got goosebumps as you were telling that story. I'm like, (laughs) wow, that is like, what more evidence do you need? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It it was wild. Oh, we lost film. Oh, we did. Where did she go? She had had enough. She was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> Your stories are freaking her out. It was the crucifix. It was bad in the back garden. She's like, I'm out. Um. Yeah, <laughs> too much. I was like, we wanted you to scare us with some stories. And here we're just like coming up with all these things that happen. Well, what I can do in the meantime, um, while we're waiting for Stone to join us, is I can tell you about an experience that I did have that uh, when I was in my teens. And again, you know, this is one of those situations where I feel like uh, my my logical brain says you were just looking for evidence. You were hoping to have an experience, so you would interpret anything, even you know a slight breeze brushing against your arm. You would interpret that as a paranormal experience. So just be careful. Yeah. Um, when I was in my 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 teen years, I was very much into what you might consider like alternative religions, or for lack of a better phrase, occult topics. Oh. Um, and obviously, that interest is carried over. Um, but I'd, I'd made a friend, um, in, and please bear in mind that I grew up in rural Southern Africa. So, you know, I'm, I'm not from a city. I'm from essentially farmlands where we don't have streetlights and things like that. Um, wow. But right, right, right on the coast. Um, so we had this beautiful, we, it's still a beautiful, unspoiled beach. Um, you know, it's got no infrastructure. It's got no stores, got no shopping malls. There's none of that. And I was exploring these kind of occult topics. And I'd kind of gotten um, interested in like uh, pagan religions and Wiccan um, and, you know, those sorts of things. And I decided one night um, in my, in all my teenage wisdom that I was going to, that I was going to go down to the beach and I was going to try and perform one of these rituals. Um, So I grabbed all the, yeah, no, yeah, I know. Right. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, (laughs) But it was, look, I mean, it wasn't, I wasn't trying to explore dark gods. I was there most watches because they don't keep time. And, uh, and I've worked a lot in tech, but I often end up with tech issues um, and oh. so I started, uh, my friend and I, oddly enough, we're, we were running around this park and she said, did you notice every time you run past certain lights? She said, it only happens with you, the lights dim. 
And I said, I had not noticed that. And so then when I was running by myself, I noticed the light stemming. So then I just went on Google because I I thought this has to be something bizarre. And um, and so oddly enough, it's called street light interference, which is exactly what was (laughs) happening to me. And uh, and so if you set technology off, you can't wear a watch or like I started talking to my dad and he's very conservative and very uh, structured. So I thought he, of course, would put it in the, the lunatic file for me. But instead, <laughs> he said, you know, uh, we, his whole side of the family, they have um, energy things where like, if they're starting a car, um, and I've had it happen a couple of times, but a blue arc will come right when you're putting the key in. And he asked me if I had to ground myself, and I never really noticed that I do it, that you ground yourself before you open the door because you get shocked a lot. Mm-hmm. And oh. so apparently it's it's uh, something to do with your energy field, like especially when I'm emotional. Like at one point, uh, my ex-husband and I were fighting and <laughs> and at the time I was still pretty conservative and uh, I'm going through the house and I'm, I'm just yelling at him and I flip on light, 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 three lights in a row and they all blow out. And he turns around and points at me and says, you're a witch. And I was like, okay, (laughs) here we go. But, and then I worked at, I I go through more light bulbs than you can imagine. And when I was working at the talent agency, the uh, agent there told me that I was going to have to start bringing in light bulbs because our lights were always going out. So apparently it's a thing, but it, it usually happens when you're feeling intense emotion. And during that time period, I was having a lot of intense emotion. So. Yeah, it's very interesting. That is so interesting. That was one of the things that um, after my husband passed out the other house that we lived in, we had a lot of issues with the lights and new light bulbs would die like immediately or there would be flickering and things like that. And yeah, that's there's always kind of stuff happening with the light. Yeah. And light bulbs right now are like, I, I buy the light bulbs that say they're guaranteed for 13 yeah. years, you know, this in insane <laughs> amount of time and they last two months. And I'm like, seriously, oh my gosh. <laughs> I should really start cashing in those guarantees actually. I don't even tell, I, I literally don't tell people because I know I'll start getting blamed for everything. And I, and <laughs> I don't, I don't think Xandra, I haven't even told you. So when we were recording the three times I was, inside thinking this is probably the slider issue <laughs> this could be the slider oh. issue <laughs> yeah oh my I'm going to all of us moving forward like anything any problems we have moving forward now that is on See? you 100% you know <laughs> i was going to keep that one under my hat for a long time and they pulled it out of me <laughs> <laughs> we're just that good <laughs> i know they are it, they're impacts guaranteed <laughs> felt it. so xander before we had our little um sl- slider problem slider incident <laughs> slider gate you were talking about being on a beach about to perform some very dodgy pagan ritual <laughs> um so uh, i don't know how far we got into that but um what i was saying is that i wasn't um i wasn't trying to dabble in the dark arts or summon up demons or lucifer or anything quite as dark as that um, because I was still very cautious about what I was doing. And, you know, the last thing you want is like a 16-year-old on a dark beach in the middle of the night is being chased down the beach by a demon. So I thought I would keep it, thought I'd keep it lighthearted. And I was doing what's essentially light work or angel work. Uh, so I grabbed all the things that, they, that, you know, you would typically, and it, it just felt, you know, I even remember at the time feeling like such a cliche because I was go and get the candles. Go, it was just all those sorts of things that you, you, you see in all the movies that you need candles and you need, salt to draw a circle and i was like you know i, I had yeah. that skeptical side of me 
like, you know, is this really going to work or is this just like, you know, rubbish? How does, how does table salt feed, feed into, you know, pagan rituals? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I packed my bag of all these kind of spooky bits and pieces that you need for such things. And I headed off down to the beach um, and I was by myself. And I still remember choosing, you know, I wanted to be kind of just in case anybody else was down there, you know, either having a midnight walk or doing their own rituals or whatever it might be. Um, I decided to pick a spot a little bit secluded. The last thing you want to be is like in a crowded ritual space, like, you know, bashing elbows with those people doing very dark work. So I decided to pick a spot where it was just out of sight of of other people, but still close enough to the pathway, just in case it got very real very quickly and I had to run. Um, So I picked my spot uh, very cautiously. And I I did all the, I followed all the instructions. I set up all the candles around me. I did all the circle of salt to protect myself and all of these sorts of things. And I, I went through all of the, um, like, you know, the, the I want to say the words chants, but I'm, I'm the, the invocations and all of those sorts of things. And again, mm-hmm. just bear in mind that this, this was supposed to be, or this was light work. This was something positive. And basically what I was trying to do at the time was to invoke my guardian angel. Um, mm. And I went through all the, I went through all the motions of this. And I remember going into what is possibly one of the deepest like meditative states that I've ever experienced. Like I really did feel like I was in this deep, relaxed, internal kind of, um, you know, internal insight and, and, and relaxed meditative state. And at the time, I opened my eyes, I looked down, I had all of this candlelight around me, the moon was providing because again, there's no city lights where I came from, the moon is nice and bright. I looked down. I felt a rush of air up the back, but like it was, when I say a rush of air, I don't mean a a breeze, which kind of, you know, goes horizontal. It was a vertical rush of air. It went up, which is, is, is a weird thing. Wind, wind very rarely goes up. Um, So I had this vertical like rush of air along the back of my arms and along my back and up the back of my head. And when I opened my eyes, I could, and I, to this day, I will put my hand on swear upon any religious text or whatever it is you need um, that I saw like wings spread out behind me in like the, in the shadow and that was lying in front of me. Um, these, this, these like wings spread out very quickly for just a brief second and then everything disappeared. And I was like, and it sent absolute chills. I was like, wow, that was, that was my guardian angel. That was my guardian angel standing behind me, letting me know that they're there. Um, but you know, and again, the skeptical part of my brain goes to, is it something that I was just looking for? Did was a, a trick of light and shadow. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in the middle of the night on a deserted beach with nothing but moonlight and candles. It's a wide open space. It could have been a breeze that just went in a weird direction. Um, so a very big part of me wants to believe that it was an actual experience of an angelic being or an angelic being had been had been evoked during this ritual. Or was it just the wind and just the moon and just a trick of light and shadow? Who knows? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Was it the real deal? Was it just a trick of light and shadow? I think it was real. Yeah. 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 That sounds, that sounds pretty, pretty, yeah, legit to me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that I have no research backing, but I do believe that was real. (laughs) It has been one of those things that other people have suggested to me about, like, when I say that I haven't had that many, what I consider to be legitimate paranormal experiences, is it's been suggested to me that a lot of paranormal experiences tend to, like, um, tend to be a bit more of a negative experience, like, you know, things like shadow people um, or being haunted or, or those sorts of things. And they said that you might be, you might be so well protected that these things are staying away from you. Um, so mm, wouldn't that be cool? Wow. Be cool 
I haven't had a paranormal experience because I'm just that spiritually protected. That's absolutely. <laughs> and your guardian angel's like, could you stop? Because I am trying and I am working very hard. And could you please stop invoking all this darkness around me? <laughs> a freaking day off, would you please? I'm trying to get some. Work yeah. <laughs> all I can picture of you on this beach is like you doing a ritual, and then a few feet down, there's another kid doing a ritual, and then on the other side, there's like a couple making out at a bonfire. <laughs> It's like you were there. It's like you were there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very busy beach. <laughs> I listened to too much true crime because my only thought was you were probably going to be murdered. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a pretty remote area. But, you know, um, one of the things is that there's only one exit and one entry to where I lived. So if anybody did come and murder me, like, we would know where to go and find them. Like, all you got to do is lock <laughs> They're never going to get away. And Jenna, you had a really cool story about shadow people. Yes, actually. Can you tell uh, it? Because I thought it was really interesting. That is what we're going to be recording today as well. So this this is my practice run. (laughs) Um, So so this is the part that I didn't say in the last episode. And and after the call, I'm sure Xander was happy to spend 20 more minutes of me telling the other backstory. But (laughs) so (laughs) initially, my son was very young. Um, I was living in this house and I kept seeing what I thought was a mouse. And I was so convinced that, um, my my boyfriend said, there are no, no mice in this house. And so I put out cheese. I was so, I was going to catch it. I was going to prove that something took a bite of the cheese. And so, um, (laughs) so I left this cheese out and I remember it getting sweat on it by like, you know, like the, the condensation for after two days. And he, he told me, he said, you have to give it up. And I was like, fine. I mean, I would move furniture. I would see it dart past. I'd move furniture. I would do all these things. And so, uh, so at the time I, there was a, a shaman, a native American who I had been hanging out with. And so I, I ran the story by him and he said, um, in the other dimension, they start small. So you see these little shadows out of the corner of your eyes. And then if you're accepting, then they get bigger and bigger and, and you start having this whole world sort of open to you if you're open to it. And so I also was a skeptic and thought, well, sure. I think there's really a mouse in my house, but (laughs) (laughs) that's fine. So my son and I uh, moved to another apartment and I, then I started seeing this shadow that was like a shape of a cat. Right. Again, it was that me darting my head around and what was that? What was that? Mm -hmm. And so one day I was talking uh, to my son and he was facing me. And I saw it real quick and I looked and I moved my head real fast and I, and I kept talking. He said, did you see the cat? I said, I did see the cat. And he was like, I guess he was nine at the time. And so he knew that there was a cat. And so I said, did you see it? And then we just, the conversation shut down. And then when I, uh, I had moved in with my uh, boyfriend and he had four, he had, I, we had four kids together. So I have my son, he had three kids as well. And so, um, he lived in a two story building and we started seeing, uh, <laughs> it's one of those things that you, especially in a newer relationship, you don't want to just bring up to somebody like, Oh, did you happen to see <laughs> some shadows? So one day, uh, I probably after a little alcohol, we started, we, I finally had the courage to say, so I keep seeing something going up and down the stairs and this is initially, it was just this one with a hat and uh, very thin. And it didn't feel, I didn't get that bad feeling like it was something dark. It was just 
a presence. And so he said, I, oh, he said, I have been seeing it. And, and we described the hat. And so we started calling it the caretaker. We were like, oh, it's just something that's taking care of us. No big. Um, but then we started seeing lots of things <laughs> going up and down and not all of them positive. That was, that one was the, the positive one. And uh, it felt very uncomfortable and we could deal with it because we were adults and, you know, you try to explain some of those things away, but then the kids started coming to us one at a, and they weren't discussing it with each other because of course, what do you say? And yeah. one at a time they were saying, uh, I saw the shadow person walking up the stairs. And, uh, and so it, it just kept happening over and over again. And aside from the caretaker, I wasn't really fond of, of the other ones I wouldn't say. And so we moved houses. And when we did his daughter, who I guess she was probably eight or nine, um, but she used her hands to describe it. She said, I like this house. It's not, and she did sort of this frenzied hand motion like the other house. And then she put like her hands very calm, like a peaceful, it's more like this. So she couldn't put it into words, but it was sort of, she recognized that the whole energy had shifted. Oh so, my gosh. Wow. And nothing at that house, zero at that house. And, and I wow. spoke to somebody in that neighborhood because I was, I was, we, I'd never lived in that neighborhood. And I said, is there, um, are there like graveyards or I was trying to get to the bottom of it. And she said, uh, they they've been doing a lot of construction here. And anytime you disrupt the earth, then things start showing. And she said, mm. I, I'm sure that things are happening. So I, I'd never heard that. And I haven't heard it since, but I thought it was an interesting explanation is that the earth had been turned. So that is so interesting and that is also so scary because like you said as an adult you can explain things away but like as soon as a kid is like yeah i've been seeing you're like oh crap (laughs) right well and we couldn't tell each of the kids like you know you don't want to confirm something like that to them no we also couldn't tell them oh you should talk to uh the other three because they've seen it too (laughs) um it's it's almost like the reverse of santa claus you're like yeah everything's fine at one point i remember we took uh so we're very hippie in this in this effort but it was just to sort of make everybody feel more confident we did this uh we said we're gonna do this blessing for the house since you know we're all living here now as a family so we took sage around every um corner of the house and even outside and we all did it as a family just to bless the new house but mm-hmm. we were hoping that would make them feel more safe and i don't think it necessarily stopped the shadow people but you know we had a couple of nights where nobody was knocking on the door and nervous so that was good oh my <laughs> so, gosh my god yeah. and so did you move because of the shadow it was uh yeah, I I mean, not specifically. There were a lot of things that were happening there and a lot of unrest. And uh, mm. that definitely was was a, one of the bigger reasons to, to move. So and the other house was big and airy and we, we checked out several and, and we would do that whole thing. Like, how do you feel here? Do you feel anything? Do you feel anything? <laughs> you know, just trying to test the energy. This was a new house that we moved into. So we're like, yeah, we're probably OK here. So, and we asked, uh, we asked the kids to tell us how they were feeling about each house because we wanted everyone's, you know, vote on it. So, so yeah. And what's interesting, what I find interesting about that story as well is that um, you had done all like the smudging, um, you know, when you, you burn with sage and it's said to drive out evil spirits and drive out uh, demons and things like that. Um, But like the, the fact that you said that, you know, like you did the smudging, but there wasn't necessarily like, you, you can't say yes or no as to whether or not that worked. And I know from, you know, from just engaging with folks on Instagram who are very much into these um, sort of like, uh, you know, things like smudging and, and crystal healing and those sorts of things. 
Um, I saw a post recently on Instagram that said, if you're doing smudging inside your house and you're not opening the windows and the doors, the demons are just running around in circles trying to get away from <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, everyone to the other corner. Towering <laughs> <laughs> in the corner from your, your sage smoke. But like oh, also that you so said, also that stone had said um, that, you know, there, there were a lot of reasons for, for leaving that place and that the energy in that place was just a little bit off. And in addition to that, it had all of these things like shadow people and whatnot. And, it, you know, the, the, the question is, like, can the energy in, in a house or in an apartment or whatever it is you live, can it actually affect the living to such a point that it's bringing stress into your relationship, that it's affecting the people who live in the house? And I remember when we'd moved into my partner and I had moved into an apartment block here in China, the one just before the, 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 the apartment we stay in now. And I remember being in the elevator and seeing written on the back of, because you know people with their Sharpies, they go do graffiti on the back of mm-hmm. doors. Somebody had written on the back of the elevator door in Chinese characters that um, this building is cursed. Love dies here. Um, and I still oh, you know, have a very, very, very distinct memory of pointing it out to my partner when we were in the elevator and saying to him, like, isn't that weird? Like, what a what a horrible thing to say. Like, this, this building is basically cursed. Um, and I remember it because, you know, we were just moving in. And obviously, you know, I don't want my love to die in this building. I would love <laughs> nice space, but I just regarded it. I thought, okay, some some dudes obviously had a fight with his girlfriend or whatever it is, and now he's bitterly writing things on the back of the elevator door because he's a mature adult. Um, we stayed um, in that apartment. I think we stayed in that apartment for two years, and I can honestly say, and my partner will verify this, it was the most tumultuous two years of our relationship. We fought all the time. I had episodes of depression all the time. And all of those things have gone away since we've moved out of that apartment. But it was maybe, uh, you know, it could have been about a year ago. I actually brought it up with him. And I said, do you remember that the building that we'd moved into? Do you remember what it said in the elevator door? And he looked at me completely blankly. He was like, what, what are you talking about? And I'm like, remember, it said that this building is cursed. Love will die here. And he was like, I, I don't remember that. And so now, I, again, you know, I'm questioning, like, did I just dream that when we moved oh in? My God. <laughs> Does he just forget it? Am I the only person who saw it? Like, is am I, did we change dimensions? Have we? Is this a Mandela effect type of thing? Like, is my reality oh, different? My very, very weird. Um, so you oh know, oh my it's, gosh, it, it could it have is, just been a message for you. It could have been, and or it might just be a memory that only I have. Do you guys know the story of Elisa Lamb? Yes. No, I don't know. Oh, I so don't. there's this. Oh my God. If you have Google, if you have, if Google, you have, do you have Google <laughs> where you are, you guys? I don't know. <laughs> but it's okay. You guys should cover her story. And I'd love to hear what you guys think about it. So Elisa Lamb was a, a university student in Canada and she went on a solo trip to LA. And I think, I feel like it was just not that long ago. Like, yeah. I'm just trying to Google now. 2013 and she was like an average uh student from chinese immigrants uh that lived in canada and she ended up dying she went missing and they found her in the water in in like the water tank on top of a hotel yes yeah oh and there's all all of that, that video footage there's all that video footage of her online um, from all the CCTV the cameras elevator. from in the elevator, yeah. The elevator. Yeah, and there's a and lot she, of people are saying that they think it's a paranormal thing. Yes, yeah, but she was acting very strange. Like she kept looking out. I remember from the video, she keeps looking out like um, of the elevator door as if she's looking for someone. Um, mm-hmm. So like 
people believe that um, you know she was being chased by somebody or she was having some sort of a like a, a psychotic episode or, or something along those lines and then of course there's the, the folks that believe that it was a paranormal experience um really, really- they said that she was doing some sort of like uh the way that she was going to different floors had something to do with like a different dimension or something. Okay. I haven't read that theory. I should Google that for sure. Yeah. I, I, it was something like if you, you know, if you, if you go to the certain floors in a certain order, then it could open up some sort of dimension. That's one of the theories that I've heard. Okay. That's interesting. I've heard that theory. And I know from from the, the information about like where they'd found her body, and like you said, it was in a like a water tank on the top of the roof of the hotel. But the the like the the entrance to the water tank for her to be able to actually get inside that water tank, I, I believe it was something like it was too small for a person to fit through, or there's no way she yeah. could have fit through there, or, and then closed the lid behind her. Yeah, um, yeah, very weird, very very weird. And the doors and the stairs, everything was locked. I I, I yeah. didn't realize that was a name, but that she couldn't. Yeah. She, that's the thing too if she had a psychotic breakdown it's not like she could have drowned herself because wasn't it something with the yeah it would have been too small but even to get into it it seems like it was supposed to be really impossible to do without yeah. somebody doing it for you so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well and the way that they found out that she was there was that there was wasn't there something coming out of the sinks like the taps? yeah they said the water was really brown and starting to smell oh, and they were like Whatever. i know and so people for days had been like showering Oh my goodness! In yeah. her juices, like oh, that's horrible. too much. But uh, you know, like oh. the, those water, like things like water tanks on top of hotels and public spaces are going to have all sorts of safety features and and things that make it impossible for people to climb up and fall in and drown themselves. Of course, yeah. Um. So how she got in there is just an absolute mystery. It's just absolutely bizarre. And again, uh-huh. you know, there's just not enough evidence for anybody to be able to say, okay, this is exactly what happened there. To me. It's one of those cases where the more you look into it, the more questions you have. Um, so will we ever know is the question. Yeah. Yeah. It, it exactly. just feels like it would have been the ring three, you know, that, oh, yeah. that same genre, just super scary. I, I have to tell you my ring story. I have to. Oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> so I watched the ring at night, late at night. And at the time I was getting up at five 30 to go to the gym and so when I was walking past the TV, I thought of that scene, you know, where she's crawling out of the TV uh-huh. and the water's coming out. And, uh, and that's unnerving, but of course it was pitch black outside and I'm getting into my Jeep and I'm getting ready to start the car. And all of a sudden I feel a hand on my shoulder and I had never understood how people scream and nothing comes out. And that's exactly what happened. Like I'm screaming, but there's no voice there at all. I was that freaked out. And um, a cat had came through my sunroof and (laughs) it was sleeping in my Jeep. It was frantic. I was frantic. I couldn't find the unlock. I was having a meltdown. My sister was living on the East Coast. so I knew she'd be the only one awake. And I called her. I said, I just had the worst. She was like, so was a cat. I was like, you don't understand. (laughs) You have to see the movie to fully appreciate what just happened to me. It was the most terrifying thing. So that one had a very rational explanation but yeah. nonetheless I, I think it took a few years off my life because that hand on my shoulder was like no 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 that's not acceptable. <laughs> yeah I've got, a, I've got a good story I've got a good story of um being surprised in your car in the middle of the night as well uh, <laughs> it was again during my university times in, in Cape Town and I was visiting a friend and we'd been playing PlayStation, and there might have been substances involved in the evening. I cannot confirm. <laughs> no. um, Somebody wrote <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it. 
I think it was about three o'clock in the morning and I decided, okay, it's time for me to go back home. And he lived uh, very close to our university campus in his own apartment on the ground floor. Um, and I'd park and down this really, really narrow kind of um, one-way alleyway. So you could, you know, you could only park your car in one direction. And you, you had to park it sort of half up on the sidewalk. Um, and even, even so far over because it was such a narrow road that if anybody else wanted to get past, um, they wouldn't be able to. So I had to really, really pull in there on the sidewalk right up against a wall. And I had to climb out the passenger doors, uh, the passenger side door to be able to get out of the car. Um, so we went, we did our PlayStation thing. We had, uh, you know, done whatever else we had done that evening. Uh, <laughs> nothing incriminating. Hey, wait, it's illegal in most places now. We'd smoked a couple of joints. Um, <laughs> no one's coming after you. Don't worry. <laughs> they, they can come and try and find me in China. Good luck to them. Um, <laughs> again, it was about three o'clock in the morning. I stumbled out to my car. Um, and again, you know, I climbed in through the passenger door, sat down on the driver's seat. And, you know, as you do, you, you kind of faff around and you get yourself ready to drive back home in your state. Uh, and I was like, I kind of took my bag off my shoulder, put it next to me, rummaged around for my car keys. And then I realized I was sitting on something. So I reached under me and I pulled out, a, you know, this will tell you how long ago it was. I pulled out a CD cover. I was like, well, that's <laughs> right behind me. Um, and then I shifted over again on the other side and I was like, what's that? And then on the other side, there was like another weird thing. And I was like, I pulled that out and I tossed it behind me as well. And I carried on. And then it suddenly occurred to me that, wait, I didn't drive here with CD covers under my butt. Like, why are those on my driver's seat? Oh, I, looked no. up, I looked up into my rear view mirror and there were just two eyes staring back <gasps> at me from behind me. No. In the car. Now, bear in mind, I had been I'd been in the car for a good like two, three minutes already. So if anybody had... <laughs> intending any harm they had had ample time to do whatever it is they wanted to do but there's <laughs> a moment when you look into the rearview mirror to look behind you and there's somebody looking back at you and i mean <laughs> and it, it, was, it was an african dude so all i could really see in the dark of the night were the whites of his eyes looking back at oh me it was a very very scary so my un unlike stone i didn't go into a voiceless screech i went into a full-blown vocal <laughs> No. Um, and I think you know I, I got very creative with my obscenities and just every cuss word and everything just started flying out of my mouth. I I leap out of the car, and from behind me in the back seat, this really really senior citizen homeless guy gets out. And the best part, well, I don't know if it's the best part, he had his pants around his ankles. He wasn't doing anything weird other than oh. rubbing. Well, I mean, you know, you, you can't be sitting in the back of somebody's car with your pants down, not doing something weird. Um, but he wasn't doing anything sexually explicit. This poor dude was just looking for a place to sit so that he could rub, and this is where it gets gross, he could rub this <laughs> medicated cream into the eczema on his legs. I don't know where he had got it from, the free hospital or something. But oh, I, my God. This man wow. chilling in the back of my car. And he'd even gone so far as to create a comfortable space for himself. He had moved all the things that were in his way onto the front. <laughs> and he was just saying, but Shane, the poor guy, he was just apologizing and apologizing and saying things like, please don't hurt me, please. And I was just going banshee screaming with every like cuss word that I could think of. Oh and then he, he kind of slowly pulled his pants off and wandered off down the road. Let me tell you that you do not get to sleep that night after that experience. It was, it was a, it was a lot of process. Oh, I feel like we need God. to have him on the podcast because he did not sign up for that. <laughs> Tell his side of the story. <laughs> oh, too funny. Um, I wanted to ask you guys about aliens. Mm. So are you guys, I was going to say pro-alien. <laughs> pro-alien. But, like, <laughs> but are you like, are you like aliens exist? Yes. Short answer. Yeah. <laughs> Unequivocally. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, they do. 
Um, did you guys see the, I don't know if you watch uh, Unsolved Mysteries, but one of the, like the new one on Netflix, one of the episodes is all about this town, um, like in the 70s. I feel like I'm butchering what it's actually about, but there was like, I don't know, like 700 people all had the exact same experience and nobody's ever been able to. Is it the, the, the Berkshire, the Berkshire experience in Massachusetts? Yeah, that sounds right. I'm just yeah. giving it a goo. <laughs> giving it a goo. <laughs> <it a goop. laughs> totally stealing that. That's adorable. Oh, <laughs> we stole it from um, who? Who? True crime it? obsessed. Yeah, Kelly. true crime obsessed says it all the time. <laughs> I love and that. I know. I do it all the time now too at work. I'm like, I'm just gonna give it a goo, and everyone like laughs, and I'm like, <laughs> it's a good line. <laughs> it is a good line. We, we see writers don't borrow they steal so i i like to tell people when i'm doing it that it's happened <laughs> perfect <laughs> go for it <laughs> the the idea of extraterrestrials or that we're being visited by extraterrestrials or just the fact that they exist um you know i i think that there's i think it's very naive to think that we're the only living creatures in the entire universe um how can mm-hmm. that be um, you know whether or, whether or not they're visiting us. Obviously, it's uh, there's a lot of disclosure coming to light at the moment with a lot of um, documents uh, and, and things being revealed, particularly by the U.S. government. Um, I've had the I've actually had the pleasure of interviewing. Um, I don't know if you guys know MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network. Um, who are oh, no. They're essentially like the the world's leading authority in the study of extraterrestrial life and whether or not our planet is being visited by them. So anytime people have, you should go and check it out. Um, they've got, they've got uh, you know, like uh, TV shows on Gaia. They've got dedicated websites, um, MUFON, M-U-F-O-N. And they're basically like mutual UFO network. They're the leading authority on UFO sightings around the globe. And they've got, um, in fact, all over America and every state, they've got um, like uh, MUFON representatives. They've got them in different countries on different continents. They're everywhere. And I've, uh, I've had the pleasure of being able to interview the... Um, the head of MUFON for Africa, and he basically oversees the entire African continent. It's unfortunately not an episode that's ever going to be aired for a few reasons, which I won't get into. Um, but they, they, do not, they do not put him in the best light. Um, but, uh, and his, his uh, you know, the, you, you know, you've got that disclaimer on a lot of podcasts where you where you say like the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the host or the you know the platform or yeah, yes um some of his views i was like Mm-mm, that's not making it on my show um but uh you, you know like the the it was one of the things that i asked him during the interview is that a lot of the times or most of the the media we we hear about um ufo sightings in places like the states usually the most are in the states we hear about them in the UK. We hear about them in, in Russia. So we hear about them in these like major world powers. Does that mean that UFOs are not really visiting any other countries? Like, are they, <laughs> are they not going and visiting Uzbekistan or, you know, some obscure little Eastern European country that nobody's really ever heard of? Um, and he had a very good answer for that. He, he said that the, the UFOs and the extraterrestrials seem very interested in visiting places that have things like nuclear energy, nuclear power, or like a lot of um, like resources available um, for their, their military. And he's, oh, oh God. his theory is that they have concerns over our use of nuclear power um, and that it is actually a very rudimentary and very dangerous uh, source of power and a very unstable source of power, whereas theirs is much more advanced. Um, and they're kind of galactically keeping an eye on us to make sure that we don't go and push the big red button. Um, or, you know, we, we don't do something wrong and cause like worldwide destruction. 
Um, and like by us, do you mean Trump? <laughs> I'm glad you read that in. I'm glad you read that in. <laughs> Putin. They're just specifically covering Trump. <laughs> I think this, uh, this, this episode of the podcast just went on several watch lists. Um, <laughs> Hey, we're Canadian. We're yeah, good. we're just friendly <laughs> Canadians. We don't know. Um, but I, I actually, I don't I'm know if you've out of it. Anything? nothing from here. Yeah. But I've actually, I've actually got a PhD. A lot of people don't believe me when I say this, but I've got a PhD in ufology. So I've got a doctorate in the study of UFOs. I laughed when I heard that. Like, where does one um, acquire a PhD? in ufology it seems like some corner of the internet that you maybe get that absolutely on the corner of the internet (laughs) the dark web (laughs) oh i've got a phd i'm a doctor of ufology um (laughs) it gets you a lot of swag in a very very specific circle of people and outside of that um not so much um so yes it is on a, a, a an obscure little corner of the internet um and it was, it's uh, a site called the Thomas Francis University. And essentially, it's a university of metaphysics and spiritualism and things like ufology. But wow. in, in my defense, I went through all of the motions. I did all of the assignments. I had to do my thesis. I had to do. So I poured a lot of work and time and effort into it. So it fit to me from just, you know, knowing how much time I put into it. I, I feel like I've earned myself that PhD. I think anybody Absolutely. outside of me is, is probably not going to agree. Um, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> So if you're on an airplane and somebody says, is there a doctor on board? <laughs> so guess why? Have you seen an alien? <laughs> Have you not heard him dispensing medical? Okay, we both do. Medical advice in our podcast. He loves to do that. <laughs> Always yeah, medical I mean, advice. <laughs> yeah. If I ever have any questions, I'll just give you a ring and... We got a, like a funny rash or something. We'll just send you a picture of it. Uh, well, the answer is always going to be, have you tried probing it? <laughs> um, so have you guys ever experienced anything extraterrestrial? Take it away, Stone. You know, it just starts getting embarrassing when they're all on me. But <laughs> I actually submitted a, a story to MUFON because we were coming back from... Um, we were doing a television show. We were working on a television show in Vegas. And so we had to go back and forth to Arizona. And Arizona is, of course, one of the places that have the highest amount of people reporting. Uh, seeing the, and, I, and I think a lot of it has to do with this clear sky that there's no obstruction to. You know, it just makes it easier. Also, though, we do have Raytheon here, which is, uh, you know, they build a lot of the military, everything. So what Xander said matches up with that as well but we were uh coming coming back and i was falling i was in the passenger seat not driving falling asleep and uh my boyfriend woke me up and he said hey look around us and there aren't fireflies here i've never seen fireflies like at all and i did in west virginia where i was when i was being raised but all around us were tiny little itty bitty lights so that was weird so then there was a pull-off part so we pulled off to the side and we had fully charged film cameras because again we've been working in film and our what our his phone had died so we didn't have either camera wouldn't work his phone had died. I had my phone and an iPad. And so we saw this uh, light and because there's no mountains obstructing, you'd have to be here to appreciate it. It was go- it was a plane go- or it looked like a plane going from one end to the other as fast as you can imagine. And my um, 
my stepdad is he he retired from the military and other things. So I called my mom. I said, hey, are they doing any sort of weird aerial thing here? And I was explaining what was happening. And at the time, there were these these stacking globes of light and they would they would stack, stack, stack and then start again. So it was like four times it would go back down and then it would start again, just hovering in the air. And the only person beside us that was pulled over was this trucker who was sleeping and I was trying to will him awake. So we had another <laughs> another person to like be a witness to it. And then we saw a military plane go up. And so I said, well, check that out. And the military plane, it was almost like it was toying with it. It couldn't possibly uh, catch this thing that was going back and forth, back and forth. And so there were three different things happening at the same time. So we record, I have a video where we recorded it with the, with the iPad. But as you know, of course, it's going to be really bad, but you do see the light going back and forth. So I sent it to move on and they were very interested in it. And my mom, uh, while this is all happening, because I'm kind of freaking out thinking we're about to be abducted, um, she sent, she sends me a link to a very similar experience that happened. I think it was maybe four or five years before that in Phoenix as well, near Phoenix. And, um, and so, and then that the next day she started sending me, uh, there were Facebook links of other people that had seen the same thing. So it wasn't just us. We did have witnesses, not the truck driver, but we had other witnesses. Um, so I thought that was very, a very interesting experience. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And That's- then, And then right before I went to China, Xander, I don't remember if I sent you the pictures of outside the pool, those lights. I sent you. You did. I remember you did. Yeah, you did. So I was taking, I, I had been out in the pool a long time and I was waiting to go to China. And if you've never had to apply for a Z visa, it is grueling. So I'd already sold everything. I was, I was texting Xander, my frustrations, four months waiting, waiting, waiting. So I was staying with my mom in the in-between to get the permission to go. And she has this big pool. And so I was out there and I was out there a little too long. And I was waiting for, even at my age, I was waiting for my mom to come out and say, you've been out there too long. And I, <laughs> you know, I just had that feeling that she was watching me. And so I stood up and started taking pictures of the pool because it was a beautiful day, beautiful pool area. And so then later that day, I come in, I said, look at these great pictures I got of the pool. And I start noticing, and it, I know that I've done enough photography and film to know what a light flare looks like. And these were perfectly round, you know what, I'll just have to send them to you, but perfectly round <laughs> circles right over this bush. And, and, and then there was a blank, um, one of the pictures was just white. Apparently that's a thing. Like all of a sudden there was no picture at all. I've never had that happen before. Oh. Um, but these, these orbs kept showing up in several of the pictures and then this white uh, frame in between. So um, by the next morning, my stepdad cut down the bush. <laughs> <laughs> that's the conclusion he was like uh just so you know he's like i didn't really like that bush anyway he didn't say it was because of the aliens but i i think we all know he was a little unnerved so so yeah i think there i think you know a ufo is an unidentified flying object so anytime we can't identify it and the government won't tell us what it is i guess it's classified as ufo so yeah, yeah. so they all count <laughs> so. like they've, they've all they've, they've started even changing the terminology and like in the ufo circle so they don't they don't call it a ufo anymore because it the the the, the acronym or the phrase ufo 
is so associated with the idea of um, alien visitations or extraterrestrials. And it's a rather misguided because, as you say, it stands for unidentified flying object. So you could go and, you know, throw a teacup in the sky. And if somebody down there doesn't know what it is, they're like, it's a UFO. <laughs> um, it's so obvious. Exactly <laughs> so they've now started changing the acronym to UAP, which means um, unidentified aerial phenomenon, because the term UFO is so associated with extraterrestrial visitations that they've had to come up with a whole new acronym to just acknowledge the fact that we saw something in the sky and we don't know what it was. Oh, funny. Probably yeah. a teacup. That was, yeah. that, was, <laughs> that was the other thing with the incident that happened at the pool because I kept feeling like my mom was going to come out. So when I'd finished taking pictures, I see her and my stepdad driving up. I didn't even know they'd left the house. And so that was the other part was that sense of being watched. I felt like I was being watched the whole time. And then to have oh. those pictures, so I for, I forgot the uh, the bigger point of that. So yeah, I had that sense of being that eerie sense of being watched, and she wasn't even home. Yeah. So yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And then all the the irony of the our show, Xander and Stone, which we do the the science and the supernatural. For some reason, Stone's the one that's doing all the science, and she's the one who's had all the paranormal experiences. What's up with that? <laughs> I know. I did find that funny. I was like, and the first time I listened, I was like, oh, okay. So Stone is like the the one who's gonna like prove it wrong everything yeah yeah i was like wait a minute (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's you know dynamic because uh it's almost like our roles have been reversed because i tend to debunk all of these experiences that i've had whereas stone is has more experiences and is for you know all intents and purposes a bit more of a believer than i am um so i think it's what kind of gives us both a little bit of grounded perspective on what we're doing yeah that's cool and do you guys have any um topics or i don't know like no i don't my question's stupid i was gonna say like <laughs> do, you have, do you have any topics that are like off limits like i don't even know like what it would be but like there's sort of this realm of believing in anything is possible mm. i don't know stone have we have we spoken about anything that we think or, or like had any ideas where we thought okay that topic's complete well okay there was one um <laughs> there was one that comes to mind actually and that's uh scientology science <laughs> uh, you know and, i want to work in la someday i've got a lot to say about scientology and the cult that it obviously is yes uh, but uh Stone was like, maybe not, maybe not that one, because I, 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 you I know, want- I've got, I've, I've got the joy of being able to live in China, and I'm pretty much, you know, the, the Great Wall is a great barrier. Um, I'm <laughs> yeah. But Stone, you have to live in the thick of it, and all we need is Scientology people hanging. That wouldn't that be typical that you get all the Scientology cult people coming and knocking on your door, and here I am in China, no one's knocking on mine. <laughs> like, come on, come here. <laughs> Yeah, well, it is suspicious because I haven't asked for any of these experiences and they, they do just sort of show up. But if you notice when he brings up Scientology randomly in the podcast, I stay quiet because I want to be considered separate from some of these topics. Same, same with the Illuminati. The same Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, I'm separate. I, I have no... Uh, have no dog in the fight as far as i'm concerned (laughs) what about where do you guys stand on is the earth round or flat oh goodness um i mean that's an easy answer for me (laughs) one of the best things i've ever seen is is an advert 
for the Flat Earth Society's global convention. That's exactly how they were. <laughs> <laughs> they were all, oh all corners from all corners of the globe are meeting in blah blah place for the Flat Earth Society's global convention. I'm like, you guys realize the flaw in what you're saying? But yeah, I mean, I, I, there's no real question about that. It, it, it's we don't live in a flat Earth. Come on, no. come on. I, I... I do have, I read a lot about the hollow earth theory, and I think there are some fascinating stories with that, personally. Mm. Oh, what's the gist of the hollow earth theory? There, uh, I had read some story. you know, I'd have to go back and research because it's been a little while, but um, about two kids, Xander, I don't know if you know the story, who had wandered out and said they lived in the middle of the earth and that they had lost their way, their uncle, but they said these kids were sort of t- like tinted greenish blue. Oh. Yeah, they yeah, were they were from somewhere. You, in, I, to, I want to say they were in Russia or they were in, a, in an Eastern European country, weren't they? I, I, I'm going to say yes because I haven't researched it in a while, but I, I just thought that was so intriguing that they were yeah. a different color, like a, a color we yeah. were used to. And then oh, I wow. start that got me intrigued, so I started reading more and more about it. As far as you know, why there are certain parts of Alaska we are not allowed to travel to, and how they've seen uh, alien crafts coming out of there. And some people say that there's a place in Alaska that takes you to the center of the earth. And some people suspect that Hitler and his little troop uh, were going back and forth. I mean, there's a lot of fascinating, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of it is just, uh, you know, Google and such, but nonetheless. You know, the the, the thing with um, Hitler and the Nazis, um, they were, they set up a base in, um, I can't remember which one, if it was Antarctic or Arctic, which one's at the top and which one's at the bottom again? Antarctic's at the bottom. Oh, Um, I said Alaska. I meant I think I'm in it. Yeah, it was in the Antarctic, and they do say that there there is an opening to the this the, what is essentially like this this hollow Earth, and the the idea is that we live, um, the Earth that we live on, it, there's actually um, it's it's kind of the crust, and to, towards the core of the Earth, where we're told that it's all molten lava and volcanic activity is actually hollow, and that there's an entire race of um, like uh, alien beings living down there. And it comes up in a lot of um, Native American mythology as well. So there's the Hopi Indians, which are from Arizona, and they believe that their ancestors were visited by these people called the ant beings. That's the best way that they could describe their physical form is that they looked a bit like insectoid or like ants. And they had had come out of the earth and given um, the Hopi Indians their knowledge of, um, you know, the the knowledge of spirituality and the the fact that we came from the stars and, and all those sorts of things. And they influenced a lot of the Hopi Indian prophecies as well. And then there was, I want to say the guy's name was Admiral Byrd. And I believe Admiral Byrd was one of the first people to fly over the Antarctic right. or something like that. Um, and oh. he he is reported to have said that he he saw this gigantic hole in the Antarctic where he was flying over, big enough that he actually flew his aeroplane in. And in his um, memoirs or his diaries or whatever it is, he actually recounts um, what he saw. And he saw entire, what he, I think he described them as like glistening cities. That were in oh. um, so there is this theory that the Earth is hollow, and that that it, it might be where all the alien bases, all the extraterrestrials that are visiting us on Earth, um, when they disappear into water or they disappear into you know caverns in the mountains or whatever, that they're flying through to where the hollow Earth is. Very interesting. Oh my gosh, yeah. that is so interesting. I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's wow. like interesting, but also terrifying. <laughs> yeah, terrifying. Yeah, but you, I mean. It, again, it's one of those things where you you have to wonder, like, okay, so if if there is a if there is a, a hollow Earth and there are entire cities of alien races and Nazis and all sorts of people hanging out inside the middle of the Earth, then how do we explain things like volcanic eruptions? Where's all the lava coming from? 
Um, how do we explain things like the Earth's magnetic field? That's, you know, the iron core of the Earth that's generating a magnetic field that protects us from the sun's radiation. What's generating that? Um, so there's, you know, again, there's a lot of things that are just in correct or in direct contradiction to this idea of a hollow Earth. Yeah, but, mm. but that's the current truth. That's all I would say. I mean, as far as at, at yeah. one point, scientists thought that we were flat and they thought the atom was the smallest, you know, so these things are, yeah. I, I, I could... Who knows? Who knows? Who I know. Knows? See, I really shouldn't be the science then because I always go back to, although good science should not have a definite conclusion. I mean, that is the sure. definition of good science that you should always, it yeah. should always leave you with more questions than answers. So. Yeah. 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 Wow. What do you guys think? Do you think it's a flat earth? Do you think it's a globe? I, I, Stone, we might be talking to like hardcore flat earth right now. <laughs> Could you imagine if we're like, actually? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. I am not a flat earther. No. I think aliens exist. I think to your point, like we can't be so self-absorbed that we think we're the only, you know, like living beings. Yeah. 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 So I, yeah. I mean, do I think they look like, you know, how the movies make them look? I don't know. Do I believe, what was that movie where I remember cornfield and aliens. Oh, sorry. Signs. Yes. But the whole time I was like, if they're allergic to water, like isn't the earth and people made up of the atmosphere? Yeah. Water. Like I yeah. So I don't know that it's like that, but I think, yeah, there's yeah, I just think there has to be something out there. It's that in fact that just that one little phrase that you uttered there is a spoiler for the entire premise of the movie. You kill them with water. It explains why she's putting glass everywhere. <laughs> how you're going to get rid of them. All you have to say to somebody who hasn't seen it is, you kill them with water and drop the mic and walk away. And you're I mean, welcome. We, we might as well say uh, the sixth sense the guy was dead the whole time, right? Like, you just get it all out of there. <laughs> <laughs> that is was Kaiser the next Soda. one I was going to watch. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> well, good movie, but spoiler alert. <laughs> right. You can't put them after, just so you know. For yeah. future reference, it has to start. Wait. <laughs> I was doing research for our Shadow People um, episode that we're going to be recording today. And uh, I was looking into like all the different types of like how the media has represented them. So like movies that have sh- featured Shadow People in Hollywood and, and the endless amount of um, paranormal TV shows that are available on the Travel Channel. Never quite made the connection why hauntings and the Travel Channel. <laughs> yes. Together, but whatever. Um, and then I was looking into like how they're represented in um, like the literary world and novels and things like that. And one of the one of the best books apparently for um, uh, reading about shadow people that incorporates shadow people as part of the premise is a book called "He Dies at the End." And I'm like, well, why would I even? I think it's called "John Dies at the End" or "He Dies at the End" or something like that. I'm like, well, oh. I, I think I already know what that novel's about, so I'm going to skip over that one. <laughs> that's amazing oh too funny um guys i feel like we could literally just talk to you for 14 more hours absolutely because i just want to be like and what do you think about this and what do you think about this um but this was so nice thank you guys so much for like coming on our little show and telling us spooky stories and validating our spooky experiences (laughs) thank you for having us I feel like that's all that the reason that you got us on here is because you just needed the validation of like, yes, all these weird things that are happening in our lives. Sandra and Stone say it's true. Yes. <laughs> you guys are the authority and we have been validated and that is all we needed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
But it was so nice to come onto the show today. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting us to be here. Oh, my God. Thank you. And if uh, if ever you need one of our spooky stories on your show, you tell us. <laughs> we are so going to call you on that. That is definitely going to happen. Absolutely. But, yeah, seriously, you guys are so amazing. We just love your show. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, I'm off to bed to work the full-time job tomorrow. Yeah, Lame. Boo. But uh, have a great day and a great night. And uh, we look forward to talking to you guys more. As do we. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 Do you feel creeped out? Uh, Yeah. Do you feel like your house is haunted? Your house is haunted. No, 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 no. I feel like I've lived places that have like spooky things. Yeah. I do like when she was talking about that whole shadow thing. Yes. I've seen that. For sure. Like I've so seen. So now that you're open to it. Yeah. It's going to get bigger. But most of the time I thought it was a mouse. And sometimes it was a mouse. Because <laughs> I've lived in houses with mouses. Mice? Mouses? Mice? Mouse? Mice? Um, but no, like I have seen like shadows yeah. out of the corner of my eye and being like, what's that? What was that? Lindy has these like weird, like she has to see an eye doctor for it, but she calls them her demons. And they're like little black spots that sometimes she sees out of the side of her eye. Oh, God. But she's a non-believer. she has to see an exorcist instead. (laughs) Um, She is a non-believer. She does not believe in psychics, ghosts, anything. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, I definitely believe in like spirits and and the afterlife. I guess being like raised Catholic and stuff, you believe in that stuff. But you also understand that when you're letting in good, bad can come with it. It kind of like jumps on its back and it's like, ooh, let's go, you know? So... Um, yeah, like there's, there's definitely evil that can, we should make a pact that whoever dies first, we have a, like a, like a signal. Yes. What could it be? <laughs> I don't know. We're going to think about it. I think every time you're on the toilet, I'm just going to start strangling you. <laughs> my God. That would be, that would be my side. You'd be like, damn it, Michelle, get, get out of here. here. Oh my God. All right. This episode is so long, but you guys, we cut it down so much. We could have talked to these guys for like 14 hours. Oh my gosh. So much fun. And we're going to have to have another reason just to have them back. Oh, totally. Yeah. Or maybe we'll be cool enough to be on their podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you guys, thank you for listening. Thank you. We have, well, I guess this happened a couple weeks ago, but we're officially over 10,000 downloads. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So we just love if you leave us a review, share it with your friends and family, subscribe wherever you listen, you know, all the huge. Um, Check us out on social media if you haven't already. We are found on most of the things at I did not sign up for this. Um, Everything but Twitter. And my page. My page? What's it called? My face? (laughs) It's called Only Only My dad used to think that Facebook was called my face. <laughs> I'm very, I'm going to start my own OnlyFans called my face. <laughs> oh, God. You guys. Oh, no. I didn't get any better in the, ex- in the outro. Are I apologize. super into this and you want to interact with us, um, the two best places to do it are our Facebook uh, group. Yes. So under our page, you'll see a group. Join us. <laughs> so far nobody interacts with us but we're told people want to so maybe i just need to be more engaging 
And the other one, if you want to support us and interact with us more is our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash I did not sign up for this. So that's where you pay a monthly subscription and you get bonus material and get to hear all the dirt about our lives. Yeah, that's true. That's where we spill all of our own tea. Um, Okay, so happy Halloween. Be safe. Don't get haunted, murdered, or coronavirus. Yeah, okay. I feel like those are like the three things that we need to really push this year. (laughs) (laughs) Only this year. Don't get murdered, guys. Just this year. Next year, probably not. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye.